Does that make sense? That your, your, ten, your 10 grand spenders, your multiple package buyers right now, that everybody thinks great, you know, these, these clients are the ones we want. Well, the problem is they don't just appear on trees, they get developed. And the point I'm trying to raise is, again, back to the fundamentals of the business, is that every time somebody walks through that door, they have the potential to be a 10 grand buyer. They have the potential to be a repeat package customer every single Christmas. So this time next year, you're sitting there and thinking, well, hang on, we've now got 25 people who are buying multiple packages. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience, business lessons for physical therapists. My name is Paul Goff, former professional soccer physical therapist turned successful business owner and best-selling author from the UK. Each week, we answer your questions and bring you an inspiring story or person from the global physical therapy community. This show is dedicated to sharing with you everything you need to know to become hugely successful in private practice. Thanks for joining me today. Now let the class begin. Hey Pulse Geeks, it's Caitlin, your client success manager here. When members of the Paul Graf community have questions about events, products, and services, I'm the one that you will hear from. And I am excited to bring you today's episode of the Paul Graf Audio Experience. Today, you'll be tuning in to the first half hour of Paul's annual planning with his physio room staff, where he does a short recap of the past year, where he sees the company growing to, and how his media and finance teams will help them with their growth moving forward. This session moves to a conversation about what worked well this past year, with the selling of packages being a huge staple for this company. You will hear Paul dive into the psychology of the buyer's journey, and just because something doesn't work the first time it's implemented in your clinic, that you should end it for good. If you like this podcast and want to double your profits, all while having clarity on how to operate your business in the next 12 months, Paul Goff's strategic planning day is right around the corner. It's on January 30th here in Celebration, Florida. You'll be working with Paul in a small group to understand the numbers in your business, develop a marketing plan, and develop a plan to grow your practice. Again, it's coming up on January 30th here in Celebration, Florida. For more information, you can email us at paul at paulgoff.com or click the link in the show notes. That's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoy today's episode. So to have everybody together is, uh, is great. We've got a full day today um, with physio that will start, I'll hold the first two or three sessions. And then this afternoon, I'm gonna let uh, Amy and Simon and Becca and probably Lisa and anybody else who is marketing-ish led on my media team to uh, host it, to help you create a 12-month marketing plan for next year. Um, and I want you guys to start to think about how, if this was your new company, if you like, that starts with you tomorrow, how would you help them? How would you encourage them? How would you speak to them? And start to see it from that point of view. Um, and vice versa, you pick their brains and explain things to them that will hopefully get everybody um, closer together. Um, so congratulations, I think, as a company um, last year. Were you two going to the pub? <laughs> when, the, when the Geordie meets the American, this is, this is what goes on. Um, yeah, no, congratulations. I think it was a great year last year as a company, you know, um, world-class. The, the stuff that's going on in both of the businesses and now in, in Lee's team with the houses stuff that we're starting to create. It's very exciting to watch it to grow. And um, when I came home in December and I seen, 
I seen some of the things that have been done. I was like, holy shit! Like this is this is like this is a real business now. Like this is um, a big opportunity for us all. And I think the more that I'd sat back and thought about the businesses, the physio business, it just stands the test of time, year after year after year. It doesn't matter what happens and what who leaves or what shit you know kind of gets chucked its way. It still stands the test of time every single fucking year. It continues to churn out patients. It continues to churn out money. It continues to, to you know, be whatever it, it, it um, or whatever we want it to be, really. It's always going to be that we can make it better and we can get it bigger and we can add more clinics. Um, and I've identified a few things that I think are actually the, the choke points, if you like, in the business that we'll talk about today. But I think the culture of the business and I think the people of the business and I think the uh, patience of the business and just the foundations that it's been built upon over the last 10, 12 years is just rock solid. And it's a testament to new staff that have come in. Emily, obviously Jordan's been with us for a while, Jade. How long have you been now, Johnny? Seven? Six, seven years, yeah. Um, how many years for you? Three, seven, Becky? Seven this year. Seven this year. So from that point of view, it's, um, it's incredible and I think it's important to understand that, that what, you know, a lot of people look at their businesses and think, well, what's going wrong? And they try to fix that. I'm, I'm a fan of what's going right and do it better, like do it better. Try to just make what your strengths are even better, obviously protect your weaknesses, um, which really in this business has been exposed as a people problem in terms of recruitment, not necessarily people problems in terms of doing their jobs. It's a recruitment issue. If you look at the time that we've lost with recruitment over the last year, um, and just the absolute realisation that now uh, finding physios has got to be the top uh, priority of the business moving forward and potentially even bringing in somebody to do that full time uh, across the group as well, by the way, for other positions in the company is, um, is really, I think, the only thing that's going to stand in the way of the business getting to certainly uh, two more premises bought and, and scaling probably up to five and six clinics. So that's certainly something for me to uh, fix this year as we look to grow, but I couldn't, um, I couldn't say enough good things about the culture of the business. I bumped into my uncle Mike, he's your biggest fan by the way, at, uh, at the weekend, he's your biggest, your biggest fan. And he said, I love this phrase, he said, I, I'm gonna give you some feedback on the business and, and you can take it from me because I'm not biased. I went, you're not biased. You've got the same second name as me, from the same blood. Like, you know what I mean? You probably wouldn't say a bad word about my business even if it was bloody falling down, but I'll listen. So I listened and um, he said pretty much everything that, that you hope is, is happening about how when he arrives, he laughs and he giggles and he, um, he said a few things like he was in hysterics and he was laughing and Gene loved it. and. Um, the coffee was on and the girls were good and the conversations was great and we couldn't wait to go back and oh by the way Jordan did a good job with their knee it was like the uh, classic uh, story that you want to hear all the time is that that it isn't about the physio it is about the people and it is about the culture and it is about the service and that's the bit that you've got to keep right so it's nice to hear that that's going on and I think um, it, you know the business the business did well, it still churns out money, it still churns out profit, it still keeps people in jobs, it's still a fabulous business. And I think at the heart of that is, um, is the people, is great service, is great focus on the people and um, creating a culture that people look forward to wanting to come back. And I think whatever we do today and whatever we do over the next few days in these meetings, 
the media business, it's exactly the same. You'll realise there's a common denominator between the success in the businesses. It's just people. It's just everywhere you go, um, it really comes down to the people. We went to um, we went to Rockliffe Hall for a, a day or two. Um, I think it was Sunday and Monday, and. I get hypercritical everywhere I go of pretty much everything and I've had to learn to accept that most of the time it isn't them and it is me now that I'm like looking so deep. But even Rockliffe, which around here would be one of the nicest, you know, kind of spa experiences, certainly isn't cheap to go there for an evening and, and the meal certainly isn't cheap when you're there as well. And I can tell you the service is shit. Shit. Like, and that's me being polite. Dreadful, in fact, is the, is the truth. And it just lacks, it just stinks, it just screams of a lack of somebody just teaching them how to speak to people, how to look at people in the eye, how to talk, how to just welcome people into the environment. Like, uh, we walked in and she said, um, so we walked up to the, to the restaurant and she said, and it was just a, a classic throwaway line that you hear in shitty restaurants. Have you got a reservation with ourselves? And I, and I just thought, You've got to surely be able to find something better to greet me in a restaurant where I'm about to pay 150 to 200 quid, like for steak and wine and beer and whatever else. You've got to find something else that makes me feel better than the first thing you tell me, have you got a reservation with ourselves? It's the first thing that that, and, and, and we went for breakfast the next day. We were stood for 10 or 12 minutes, nobody acknowledges. And it became a joke. It was like, oh, there's another one walked past us. There's another one walked past. And in the end, you say, um, literally, you're going, hello, I'm here. And they're like, oh, no, we're really busy. I'm like, that's not my point. My, my point is not to get a seat. My point is just to get some acknowledgement that I actually exist. And here I am in a probably 50 million pound, beautiful castle, you know, whatever it is that's been there forever, that's charging 300 pound a night for people to stay over and have this wonderful experience. And there's nobody in that entire business who has any leadership, has any understanding of who customers are, what they want, what makes them tick. Now people will go back primarily because their egos will take them back. And what I mean by that is, and this is a key point to understand, right? Natalie criticizes me all the time because I criticize other places. She's like, well, it can't be that bad because people still keep coming back. I'm like, the bit you don't realize is their ego brings them back. Because it's, for many people, it's, oh, we're in Rockcliffe, and oh, this is nice, and this is... And in the end, you start to actually see behind the scenes of it, and you understand it, that most people are getting driven back because it's a status thing, not necessarily because it's a great place. Because most people wouldn't understand great customer service until it slaps them in the face. You give it to them and then take it away, they understand what good customer service is. But for many, they're being um, blinded by the prestige and the, you know, whatever else, which is fine, which is fine, but then in the end, in the end, that starts to affect it. And you start speaking to one or two of the staff, is it, is it busy? Well, not as busy as it was last year. And you know, it used to be, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, this is what goes on. It starts up here, it starts up here and the service is amazing. And then every year they lose sight of the thing that's the most important thing in your business. The people, the culture, the service, the staff, the leadership, not one person at breakfast, at lunch, in the spa, didn't see anybody who I thought you're in charge here. And, and that, by the way, didn't need to be a typical manager, 50-year-old you know, guy or girl who's bossing the place. I didn't see even a 20-year-old who bossed it. I didn't see a 25-year-old who bossed it. I didn't see a 35-year-old who made me feel as though you're in charge, you're designed to make me feel good, I feel comfortable in your company, I feel 
like good for being here. Nobody really stepped up and made me think or feel that way. And I could probably tell you more experiences about it pretty much everywhere I was over the course of the last seven to 10 days in any restaurant or any bar, which always brings me back and why I like to start these days with that, that that's the most important part. And it is why I know full well, a bomb could drop on Polgoff physio rooms and it would probably still survive. What, whatever happens, take away Facebook, take away Google, take away Hartlepool Mail articles and newspaper ads, the business would survive primarily because it's built on rock solid foundations of people giving a shit about people. And I don't think that you should ever neglect that. Whatever tactical stuff or shit we talk about today, about patient visit average, about discovery visits, about whatever, even about recruitment and potentially new premises, all of those things are big, ambitious, you know, things that are off in the future. But the day-to-day -day stuff of the people, the caring, the time spent with people, the giving a shit, what, you know, what's your name, where you're from, tell me about your kids, those are the absolute rock-solid basics that if you lose them, you would be up shit creek. With them, with them, business is very forgiving, is what I've learned. In now over a decade of running a business, in two countries, doesn't make any difference. In America, in Britain, it's exactly the same basic philosophy. If you get the values of the business right, and you recruit the right people who give a shit about the right people in the business, it is very forgiving. As in, you can fuck a few things up in finance. You can get away with a few accounts receivables not necessarily being called in. You can get away with losing a few companies or Facebook not working for a month or newspaper ads not responding. You can't get away with it if your service and your people are not engaged with the people that you're trying to attract. So whatever you do in the next 12 months, in, it's the same in this business as, you, as you've seen. The more that you begin to focus on the people serving the people, the easier the business gets. The, the more you focus on the big, uh, you know, tactical infusion softs or your, your ads or your tags or whatever, the more that you try to drill onto those things, the harder it seems to be able to stay in control of the business. So that's my little kickoff. Just to say congratulations, I think you've done amazing. Um, I'm not even going to mention any names, but you've all done great. Um, particularly for referrals coming in from past patients, as I've looked at data over the last couple of days. Referrals from past patients and new patients just continuing to stream in. So from a tactical point of view, from that, you know, from that side of it, I think, um, I think it's gone great. And the only thing that I think can, or well, there's a lot of things can get in the way, but the thing that I, that I see blocking the business is just people in terms of recruitment recruitment and plant, so getting, um, you know, getting better premises or another premises in Darlington or Durham to replace the ones that we've got, which is certainly something me and Lee are speaking about. But he, you know, me and Lee keep talking and he's like, well, wouldn't it be great to buy in Durham? Wouldn't it be great to buy in Leeds? Or wouldn't it be great to buy in Harrogate or wherever? Newcastle, well, it would, but there's no point because until we fix the recruitment side of the business, it's, a, it's irrelevant. We, we just end up with big premises that are beautiful, but uh, nobody in there. So the first thing that we've got to um, we've got to fix is potentially a HR manager coming in across the group who is in charge of recruitment. And as Sophie will testify, um, we're screaming out for that person in the, in the media business as well. So it makes sense to bring in a HR person who will um, primarily be 100% recruitment for the company as a, as a whole globally. So, um, so yeah. So why we're here is a couple of things just to kick it off. Planning really is about helping you to envisage success. So what does it need to look like? What, when you start to look into the future of the next couple of months and the summer and the winter, what would it look like this time next year for you to say that the business has been successful? So when you're planning, 
Um, it's not so much about the plan. And the more that I've done this, the more that I, the more that I let go of the, you know, did we have to speak about that? And I wanted to make sure we speak about that. It's not really about that. It's as much about letting everybody see what the next 12 months could look like for the business. What does it feel like when you start to think about the business and you start talking about patience and you start talking about customer service? How do you feel in that moment is as important as anything because that's the bit that, that juices you, that wires you, if you like, that starts to get you thinking about what success looks like as a business, as, a, as an employee in a business. Um, and the second one, um, the interconnectedness, I think that's the key word that I probably couldn't explain last year. You realize that Emily now understands what Johnny's role is and Johnny understands what Amy's role is or Becca's role or anybody who's doing the marketing that leads to the first phone call that leads to the discovery visit that ultimately then leads to Lee's team and the finance department. So understanding that interconnectedness of the business helps everybody understand what their roles uh, are in the business. And ultimately, um, a chance to buy in, a chance to make uh, yourself feel part of the team, have your voice heard very early, put some ideas on the table, grab hold of a few ideas and see them through, um, and not waiting for somebody to tell you that, that that's your job. It's from the conversations that we'll have today, um, good ideas will flow. Can you take hold of one or two of them and, and make sure that they get executed? So those are the three things, three reasons that we're here. Um, and I think uh, as I review last year when we did the event, when we did the event last year, I thought it was the first time really that a lot of you understood and truly grasped this concept of patient visit average, of the average spend of discovery visits and cash upsell processes and how much people needed to spend and so on. And this time I think, um, or I certainly think that's made the difference in 2019. And I think the difference that will be made in 2020 will be recruitment, um, undoubtedly in premises. That's the, the only thing, and by the way, that's me. And that's the bit that I want you to know. The bit, the only thing that's standing in the way of this physio business getting bigger is me. So wh whatever happens, if you ever at any point feel as though it's getting stuck or stagnated or it isn't growing as fast as you would like it to, that's on me. So none of you take, any frustration or any um, annoyance at that. It's just critical decisions that I have to make with my time about where I put it and where it's best spent um, that ultimately is for the greater good of the company as a whole, of the group as a whole. And now 23, 24 people in this room who are employed and uh, probably another three or four in the next 60 days in, in the US. So um, recruitment and premises really is all that's in the way of this business getting much bigger. So that's my little kickoff, but I think you've done great. Um, couldn't be happier. Customer service, core values, um, making the people feel good. If you, if you remember that every single day that you go to work, it, like I said, it's very forgiving. You lose that, it's a, it's a slippery slope and it's very difficult for businesses to ever recover. That conversation that Mike uh, and I had two days ago was just great and it's always the thing that I look for and is the, I can check dashboards and I can check bank accounts, but if I'm not having those types of conversations with patients, the bank account and the dashboards, I don't need to look because you know, you know, you, you know ultimately what the business is going to look like. So that's the foundations of the business. Never forget it. It still will be in 10 years. Um, it, it certainly is never going to go away that that's ultimately what will be the primary driver of success in any of the businesses that I I'm involved in. So, all right, let's get into the session. Have you got your, everybody got their paper? Everybody got their planning documents in front of them? So, let's go around the room. And again, um, it's gonna be a lot more of you guys than me 
from this point on. Um, so what worked? What worked last year? I what have you got? In CPD on Wednesdays, the board bringing the board out and going over things. If it didn't work, if they were quite low, we all talked about it as a team um, and put things into place of what we can do. Like for example, the massages. Um, when Jade first started with us, just putting a little offer out there and just I would say that the board just being yeah proactive, yeah. working, seeing what the lull is and. Yeah, doing it on a weekly basis definitely helped as well because then you could say, like, right, this is... And then doing it on a monthly as well mm -hmm. to say, right, OK, I know we had a couple of bad weeks, but overall, we had... We got back, kind of yeah. back putting whatever in place. Yeah, to work out how we dealt with the bad weeks. Mm -hmm. Like you said with the numbers as well, how we get them now um, over the past sort of six, 12 months, it's like streamlined so that we only really have the ones that, that let's say, matter to us. And I think we get more out of it because then whatever flags up in red or whatever flags yep. we could just deal with it there and then yeah. every week, and it means that we just deal with it in a much better way. So I think how how it's been streamlined this year, or how we get that information this year, is far better than yeah. how it was last year. Definitely. Good. Johnny, the um, like packages, like Christmas offers, like around this time of year, have been great. Mm -hmm. So we can about it. We've had people that have. Um, Consistently been on them and uh, asking about them all the time. And and you get your patients are, to wait for them, don't they? They know the Black Friday's coming up. They know the Christmas. Yes. How many of mentioned Christmas? I've just said to Johnny, it's it's the first time I've gone. Wow, like they, this is repetitive, repetitive. Mm -hmm. Like they know it's coming. Mm -hmm. How many people have gone? Oh, when the, this was in the beginning of November, when are the Christmas ones coming? And they're still like, they've got packages, they're buying yep. more. Someone bought two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just go wild for them. They just go, they, but that was the first, and I just said that's the first realisation. I'm thinking, they're waiting for this. Like, they know. It's coming. They know that this is what we do, yeah. So there you go. Message as you start to talk to clients that a lot of people will start that type of thing and do it once, and then they, they think, oh, well, we didn't get that much response, or it wasn't as effective as we would have liked it to have been. And when you're still doing it two, three, four years in, you've basically conditioned your clients to go, okay, uh, this is coming, this is not going yeah, away. Done, we, like, no one really yeah. did, did that. We've done like, the leaflet thing. Yeah. Leaflet things, we found out that they don't work. You know, they're the, 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 like conversation, conversation in the clinic, more so <coughs> than, than anything. So they're actually just learn from. The reality of, um, of it, of most things, is the first time you do it, it doesn't work. The first time you do pretty much anything, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have the impact. So everybody has a, a vision, right? When you do anything um, in your life, you go, you go to the gym, right? Let's, let's put it into the real world of today. So people today are, are all lining up to go to the gym after work and, and they've got this vision of how they're gonna look and feel after they've done half an hour on the treadmill, right? And the reality is you don't look and feel as, as close to the vision as you would like after half an hour on the treadmill. So you think that the treadmill doesn't work. So this treadmill doesn't do what it's supposed to do. I got on it for half an hour and I didn't lose 10 pounds. So I'm not going back on the treadmill. I'll buy a bike and I'll get on the bike and I'll see if I can lose 10 pounds on the bike. And it didn't work either. And in the end it's this exercise thing doesn't work for me. I'm, you know, whatever bond or it's genetics or it just doesn't happen for somebody like me or it's an age thing or it's whatever. And the reality is, quite simply, it's the first time you do it. And it's true, and it's a metaphor in life, and it's a metaphor in business, that the first time you do pretty much anything, um, because it's new to people, 
it's a little, I don't really know what it is. I don't understand it. So when you're introducing packages to patients of a physio business who in their life have never considered that they would buy such a thing, it is the reason that it takes a year or two for it to, to, to take over. But what it also tells you, and what really excites me about that, it backs up what I've just started the day with, that this business is built on people coming back time and time and time and time again, which is so much easier than constantly having to bring in more and more new people to the business. That's the biggest pain in the ass of running a physio business, traditionally, is that you have to keep looking for new patients. So a dentist would bring in a patient and you've got one for 20, unless you fuck it up, you've got one for, for pretty much the rest of your life. Then you've got their kids, then you've got their grandkids, and then you've got their kids and so on. That's not necessarily true with physio because it's just about as and when I need one, which might be every eight or nine, 10 years. So the real goal of our business for the last few years has been that emphasis on keeping people and when their packages of care have stopped, sell them another one. So you don't need as many new people coming through the door. You need one person coming through the door who just keeps coming through the door for 20, you know, 20 or 25 years. So there's lessons there for pretty much anything that you're offering. And it's the same with, or the, you know, the real thing to understand is physios. When you're talking to patients and you, you're offering them orthotics, for example, it's new to them. And the, the, the majority of people say no to anything new, right? For, for an advertising campaign to work, that you eventually buy something for Christmas, for argument's sake, that, that you ended up you know, buying something for wives, girlfriends, partners, whatever, right? The, this, the, the day that you chose to buy it, or the decision to buy it on the day was actually influenced back in August or September when you saw the advertising campaign come around. That's 17 adver uh, adverts later in between Coronation Street uh, has eventually affected you to make the decision to buy it. The common, uh, the, the common misconception is that you've bought it because the ad that you've sold that day made you feel a certain way. And it didn't. It was just the lead up, it was the build up to it that in the end caused you to go, this thing that Pandora are offering looks really good and I'm gonna go buy this thing for this person. But the reality was you probably started a conversation about Pandora three months before you saw an ad for it. Somebody mentioned the new Disney range or whatever that was coming out and it started to get you to think about what you might be going to buy for somebody further down the line. The advert was on at 8.30 at night when you had a glass of wine in your hand, your willpower was down and you had your phone in your other hand that caused you to go online and order the thing that you ended up buying. That's the reality of how people buy that's little understood. These are absolute basics that I'll teach forever in a day that really separates a lot of what we do and why these businesses grow so fast because nobody wants to buy in or, or, or accept that that's truth, that that's fact. When it comes to something like orthotics, when you're chucking a pair of orthotics for 400 quid in front of Mrs. Smith, age 58, with bad back, who's confused, who just thought that she was coming in for physio treatment and asking her now to commit to potentially shoving these things in her beautiful shoes that she's just got from Marks and Spencer's or Clark's or wherever she's been that week, to buy these things that are the, you know, the, the most comfortable thing that she's ever had in her life, to ask her now to think about shoving these things inside of them, us expecting her to say yes is moronic, is the, is the real truth of the situation. Now you're not gonna change that, but what it allows you to do is factor in that it does need you to talk to them more than once, and it does need a second conversation. And it might be actually that in three or four months, somebody just gives them a call and says, hey, you said no last time. Or, hey, uh, the last time you were in, we spoke about orthotics, but you still haven't got any yet. 
do you want to start having that conversation today? So anything new for anybody is not good, um, except a small number of people that really isn't enough to grow a business on, certainly not one that's sustainably. The majority of the people, 80%, need to see something and hear something time and time and time again. And what you've created now is a habit. And when you've got people who've got habits, that's, that's how pretty much most of the best businesses on the planet are built. It's a habit to buy something from that company when it comes out. What, what's Apple? There's no even thought going into people buying the new iPhone. Do you think any of those millions of people are going, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll wait till the phone comes out and I'll look at what new features it's got and I'll read up the review and all that shit on it. It's like, I just want it. Well, why do you want it? Well, because I bought it last year, the last time the last one came out. And I bought the last one and the last one and the last one. But the first time it came out, I might have reviewed it. But now every time it comes out, people just want to go buy it. And they don't let a small thing like having no money get in the way of buying it. Because now you can just stick the... Th My friend texted me yesterday. He, got, he lost his phone. Because I messaged him over Christmas and I said, oh, uh, and I thought, oh, I wonder how he is. I hadn't heard from him for a while. And he didn't reply for nine days. And he said, oh, sorry, um, I, was in, I was in Alicante or, or wherever he was. And I lost my phone in the airport. I said, oh, that's a blow. Like, I said, oh, how, you, you know, how are you texting me now? And he says, oh, yeah, I went, went and got a new phone the day I landed. 450 quid. I was like, fucking hell. I said, oh, like, where'd you get the money from that, that from over Christmas? He said, oh, I've got two years to pay it off. I won't, I won't get a bill for two years. It's like, interest-free for two years for a new iPhone. Somebody's given him two years interest-free to, to basically have his iPhone and play with it for two years before he gets the bill. Fucking believable, isn't it? It's unreal what these companies will do to get you to buy and consume their products and just play that game. That if you look at a lot of physio businesses, right, you bring this into the real world, a lot of physio businesses that we deal with are frightened about the first session being given away for free. And they wonder why they can't grow their businesses. They just can't accept or get into the reality of the situation that that's how people buy. That's, that's the, there you go, take it, pay for it later. Now, yeah, you signed up for all sorts of agreements and people will come after you if you don't pay. But the point and the principle remains the same, that people don't buy anything of significant sums of money until they're very, very comfortable with it. And that's something that I think you all have to be factoring in when people are coming in and why your phone calls, is this your first session? Is this your first time at physio? The minute that that person explains it, it's their first session, bang, it's a completely different set of gloves that handles that person. Whether it's the first greeting in the treatment room and the fun and the love. So like so yourself, uh, Hannah, and anybody who's on that, you know, that, that front desk, where I'm always wanting people to be consciously switched on to who the patient is and the journey that they're on, is that if I'm a seasoned package buyer of Paul Goff Physio Rooms, so I'm one of these people responding to the packages who has spent 10,000 quid with us over the last couple of years, you can treat me very differently than if I'm the first time buyer coming into the business in the middle of January right now. And if we didn't recognize that as a company, that's the, 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 you'll never get them to be the 10,000 pound package buyers. Does that make sense? The fallacy is that all of the patients are the same. The fallacy is that everybody's created equally. The fallacy is that um, all patients deserve the same amount of time and energy and effort. It's the biggest load of bullshit on the, on the planet to think that every customer needs the same, every customer should be treated the same, every customer should be given the same is complete and utter shit. Every customer gets the same respect as human beings, but in terms of the way that you speak to me and the time that you allocate to me, it is wildly different 
based upon the journey that I'm going on with you because of the newness effect versus the comfortable effect, which is I'm just waiting for an email on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock so I can spend another 300 quid with you. I mean, that's beautiful. That's like, that's got to be the goal of any company that you've got people waiting to buy something who know that the email's coming tomorrow and they're going to buy it. And by and large, we've got it in this business. There's people just waiting for shit coming out. Like, when's he going to send the next email with an offer and a code and whatever? And it's like, boom, I'll have it this time. I didn't want it last time, but I'll have it, I'll have it this time. That's got to be what you're building towards. But my point is you'll only get them, and this is a great conversation to understand, if, if we ultimately want them to be at the point of spending money with us repeatedly and buying packages every Sunday morning, that's the effect, right? You look at that and think, all right, how do we just get 10 more of them? If you think about it from a business owner, right? If you showed me a list of all those people who buy the packages, all I would do is go, what was the journey that they'd been on? How, how did they get to us? Where did it start? Because there's the chance, there's the very, very, very strong chance that Mrs. Smith, who spent 500 quid with you on those two packages over Christmas, she started a little bit obnoxious, a little, a little bit shy, didn't want to open up, didn't want to talk to you, was a little bit defensive, possibly didn't go ahead with her first session, maybe canceled, maybe came back, maybe said no to a package, maybe then said yes to a package. But then all of a sudden as you got, and she got more confident with you, what started happening is she spends more with you. And the opportunity that is there for the physio business is often right in front of you, that we see it, and th this team will tell you, the biggest, the biggest thing that we get from, or I, certainly I, I get from working with clients all over the world, is their pig-headedness when it comes to that patient wasn't a good fit for us, or that patient didn't want to buy, or that patient didn't your, respond, your ten, your ten or that patient didn't do this thing that we right expected them to do, that everyone thinks great, and I've had the mentality for a long time want. of, well, actually, well, the problem is they don't just do, appear on trees. They, they get them developed. Want to do the thing and the point I'm trying to raise to is, again, back to the fundamentals of the business, is that every time somebody walks through that door, they have the potential to be a 10 grand buyer. They have the potential to be a repeat package customer every single Christmas. So that this time next year, you're sitting there and thinking, well, hang on, we've now got 25 people who are buying multiple packages. But what they're not going to do is walk through the door the very first time that they call you in the middle of January, it's freezing cold and they're wrapped up, you know, warm and negative and skeptical and pissed off because now it's reality time after Christmas is over. They're not just going to walk in and go, give me 16 packages. They're going to go, this is great. I, I really like this, Hannah. She's, you know, they're not going to speak to you like this, but they're going to think, you know, I, I like this gal. This is a nice place. This is pretty comfortable for me to be in right now. And oh, somebody else just said hello to me. And the, the physio, he, he was quite good as well. And I, I really enjoyed going. And it was very nice the way they spoke to me. And I understood everything that they said. And maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll come back in two or three days. And then when I come back, you know what? I got actually a consistent, I got a consistent experience. Because for many businesses, and, and you'll have all done this yourself. You've gone in, you've had a wonderful experience the first time you're in. And it was one girl or one guy. And when he or she wasn't in, she was replaced by some of the nugget who sat on the reception or sat somewhere who didn't give a shit about you. And from that moment on, there's inconsistencies in the business and you ain't going back. Or you start to play, I hope that person's answering the phone. Or It's like the, co the coffee shop. It, it happens every fucking day in a coffee shop when I pull in. I can see their heads behind the counter. 
And I'm like, oh fuck, I hope she doesn't make my coffee this morning. Because I know full well. And I, I have to repeat it six times what I want. I have to shout at her, I have to remind her and tell her. And she gets agitated at the fact that I have to keep telling her every time that she's serving or making my coffee that she doesn't do it as hot as I would like. And yet when I get a guy or you know, somebody else, the, the guy that I know makes, same again, mate, yep, same, usual, boom. And I'm three foot you know, around the bend, pick up my coffee and I'm out the door. And my day gets off to a completely different start because of a person in a company. And really that company just hasn't recognized that there's inconsistencies. Now, the good thing for a coffee company is that caffeine's addictive, so you're gonna have to go. <laughs> yeah? Physio's not. Physio's a grudge purchase. Physi physio is, ah, oh, fuck, do I have to? Do I have to give this much money to you, really? Are you sure? Is there no other way? Can I get this free? Yeah. Is it cheaper? Yeah. Can I just get some exercises? Yeah. Can I wait a bit longer? Yeah, you can do that as well. Coffee shops and places like that, they, they have that advantage. They can borderline give you pretty shitty service. It's like, I mean, I'm not gonna ask anybody to raise their hand, but the smokers in the room. Are you asked at the time that you need a cigarette, how good the service is in, in the local corner shop when you go and get your cigarettes? You couldn't give a shit, you just want the nicotine hit. They can treat you like shit, by and large, because you need the nicotine hit. Same with coffee, same with certain types of businesses. Not, not physio. So really, um, if you want the effect, you want those people, if, if what's working well is people are buying packages, you can't just sit and exist and think, great, let's just sell more packages, and that's the bit I'm trying to get across to you. You couldn't just send another email and say, buy another package. What you have to do is understand what's gone on to create somebody wanting to buy packages. Because then that again is the mistake that businesses make. That they'll sit and think what worked, right? And this is my job to help you see, if you like, into the inner workings of what makes the businesses tick, is if a package buyer exists, tactically most businesses would think, great, let's get a bigger leaflet and let's ask Amy to send another email. You following? What I'm asking you to do is go all the way back to the start and go, what made those package buyers want to buy packages? Understand their journey from first phone call to first eyeball to eyeball, to first hands-on, clothes off in a treatment room, to being asked to come back, same experience consistent, again, again, and again, and again. That's ultimately what makes a business good. It makes a business special, and it allows the business owner to sleep at night, not having to worry about if Google or Facebook or newspaper ads or whatever is gonna spit out brand new customers and you have to start that whole journey every single day, which most businesses do. So what else? What else? What's next? Thank you for listening to Paul Goff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to paulsmarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. Or if you've been listening to the show for a while, you like what you hear and you think that you could benefit from this type of help to accelerate the growth and profitability of your practice, reach out to Paul's team at paul at paulgoff.com and tell us exactly what you're looking for. And by the way, if you know someone who will benefit from today's show, please share it with them. And if you've got any questions that you want answered, tweet Paul at the Paul Goff using the hashtag AskPG. You can also find all of these details over in today's show. All right, until next time.